views and opinions expressed are those of the host and guests. Any content provided by our host or guest are of their opinion and do not intend to harm any religions, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. October 29th, folks, two days until Halloween 2020. Welcome to another episode, live episode of the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond radio show on the WLTKDB network. I'm your host, Nicole Strickland, and I am so excited for tonight's guest. Okay, can I just tell you how excited I am? So, I forgot to mention too. So, WLTKDB.com is the website, but there's also another URL as well. It's the, the, or the, the, or the, whatever your preference is. Let's go with the, the let's talk.com. Okay. I forgot to mention too that in the chat room, if you haven't already joined, now is your time. There is a live player in there. So, you can listen to the show right in the chat room. How, how awesome is that? All right, enough housekeeping for tonight. Like I said, I am so excited for tonight's guests. I met them last year, I believe it was in July, on the USS Hornet in Alameda, California. And I was actually a guest. I did a presentation there about the RMS Queen Mary. And I attended the overnight history mystery tours there. So it's a really great event. They have paranormal researchers that get to spend the night on the ship, folks. Awesome. So I met... Tammy Benjamin and Jason Cobb, fabulous paranormal investigators. And we clicked. It was just one of those things. We teamed up for the night and we clicked. And, you know, it was one of those destined things, I guess. So I'm so excited to have them on the show. Welcome, Tammy and Jason. How are you doing tonight? We're good. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for having us. Yes, of course. (laughs) Yeah, I'm super excited. I can't believe it's already been over a year since that event. I I know. I can't believe it either. I was just looking at all the photos and everything. That was such a great night. I know. We had lots of experiences, too, like personal experiences and like interesting uh, ITC results. It was just a really great event. Yeah. And it was so funny, too, because I remember I was one of the last people to get dinner. And then there was the table where you guys were sitting and there was one chair there. And I'm like, is anyone sitting here? And you said, well, you are. 
it was meant to be. Yeah. It was right. It was meant to be. So, so you know, a lot of people start out with the typical questions of, okay, what got you interested in the field, right? So I'm going to go with that first because you know why not? So what got you both interested in the paranormal? How did you uh, start your investigation process? Well, I'll let Jason start this time. <laughs> 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 so well my my thing all just started out as this simple curiosity right um, really like any kind of um you know experience happened to me or anything because i noticed that's a that's kind of a common thing that gets people sparked into it but i was mostly uh into all the gadgets and the doodads and all the different you know cool stuff night vision cameras and everything so that's kind of what got me into it and uh, I, you know, was curious, but I was, I'm, I was a really big skeptic. And uh, I ended up, you know, going down some of these investigations, residential and some for fun. And uh, I ended up having some pretty interesting interactions with spirits. Um, unexplainable events is what I like to consider them as. Anything that I've come to notice is the, the unexplained, if you can't debunk it, it's a possibility it could be paranormal, but you know, then I keep going and digging into it even more. But uh, once I, once I found that out, I, I kind of go into the curiosity of, you know, is there, you know, what happens after you die? Right. What, yeah. With the, you know, with, with the afterlife. And that's kind of what I'm trying to, trying to get the answers for. And uh, other than that, I've, I've been doing it for quite some time. And, uh, I do it as much as I can. And although all of our busy schedules as paranormal investigators, it's not our day job. So, you know, try and fit it in as much as possible. But um, other than that, uh, pretty much just am uh, hooked and, and definitely a believer. And, um, you know, I just, I just keep constantly trying to figure stuff out and getting answers for things and, that's a good mentality to have. And you mentioned the dose or the dose. God, it's been a long day. The word I meant to say, you mentioned, I don't know why I said dose. Hello. You that's mentioned right. the word uh, skepticism, like being a healthy skeptic. I think that's so important to have that, yeah. you know, to be a skeptic, but have an open mind. So that's awesome. Well, yeah. And, the, and it's not just a matter of trying to always debunk it. It's just, I would rather be confirmed of the paranormal event as opposed to, being like that's a paranormal event and then later on finding out yeah it really wasn't because then i feel like i you know i probably need to hone my skills a little bit more absolutely absolutely what about you tammy oh for myself um it basically started when uh, um i was probably around five i was raised in a house that ended up basically being haunted and uh, um we had things and activity within that house and such. Um, So that was my introduction, I guess, into the paranormal. But as I grew older, I've always been fascinated with uh, uh, the paranormal and ghosts and anything scary. Uh, I remember my father, I mean, we used to, every weekend we would watch Creature Features. So I lived for that fright. Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah. So that I, that was basically the start, and things just started falling into place for me. Um, I went to my first Paracon in Virginia City, 
and that's where I actually met Jason. And, oh, uh, fabulous. Uh, Doug Carnahan, and that was my first real ghost hunting experience. Um, learned a few things that I should and should not do at that time. Uh, then from there, Doug had called me up. It was so bizarre, just a random phone call a few months later and asked if I would come and kind of help him and a few other people, Jason being one of them, kind of investigate the Bonanza in Virginia City. So that gave me more of a taste. So it just rolled on from there. Um, I just, I need to know answers. I need, I need more answers and that's why I pursue this and it's our passion and I'm, I am a paranormal junkie. I live for this. It's all about the puzzle. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can, we all, I think we all get that. We all have that passion for this. There's a desire to seek out these answers and, you know, I, I'm not sure. I don't know what your thoughts on this. I'm not sure if we're, we'll ever actually be able to prove or explain like in a, like scientifically, some people cringe at that word, but uh, in a science frame of mind, like prove the existence of what we're experiencing. I mean, maybe someday we will. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'd say actually there's, there's a lot of, of investigators out there that kind of started this whole thing way back in the day. Um, and, you know, have, have taken a real curiosity, you know, curiosity about it and, and tried to approach it with scientific um, methods. And unfortunately, yeah, it's like you said, there's no science. There's, you know, there, it's just guessing and things like that. But I think with the, there's a variable, you know, unlimited database of people out there investigating. And it's nice to get different stories, different uh, experiences. And, you know, the one thing that I always ask is like, you know, what, what was going on? What time was it? Or, you know, was there, was there anything going on at that time that might've amped it up? And, and those kind of, you, you get enough stories about one place and you might have, you know, some conflicting, uh, uh, conflicting evidence, but then there's, there's those consistent things that each person says, and you're like, okay, that's something to look into because, these people investigated this location, you know, at different times, different days, different everything and different methods, but they all have something in common. And I think that's, that's where we'll find, that's where we'll find that, that data, almost scientific data, because then once you can go, all right, well, let's see if we can recreate it. And you do recreate it or something similar happens. Then it's like, that's really good. And, and all the, all the things that we have out there, as far as the equipment, I'd say the main thing is, is as us as a person, our instincts and, and what we feel that fight or flight, absolutely uh, hair standing up on the back of your neck, or you get this weird feeling where you're kind of off, off kilter, or you feel, you know, kind of with like a heaviness and, and those things are common and they, it's weird because a lot of them happen in the same places. Right. And, I, right. I really like to go in, not going, okay, this is the room where this person died. This is the room where that person died. I like yeah, to go in and go, out for don't tell me anything. I want to see if whatever I found out, you know, once the investigation's over, they're like, that's exactly what I experienced or I never got that. So it's, it's kind of, you know, 
and with the spirit world, it's just like trying to, you know, figure out how, what, what person went to Disneyland at what day and what time it's kind of an impossibility. Cause there's so many, there's so much paranormal activity out there. It's hard yeah. To- so many variables. I almost, you know, I kind of use the analogy of you have a puzzle that's, you know, undone and there's pieces everywhere. And so we're trying to all of us individually and even collectively, too, because I consider we're one big collective unit. Right. Some people would say no, but I I like to think that we're all searching for the, you know, trying to understand the same answers. But it's like a puzzle and you're trying to piece those pieces together. Yeah. And and there's that one piece that you can't find to complete it. Right. That you're you're hunting for. And maybe it's going to be elusive. Maybe there are going to be parts that we will eventually be able to explain. And then maybe there are going to be components that we can't. And that's, you know, the beauty of of this research. One thing I noticed on the Hornet is the two of you have an incredible mojo, if you will, working together. So I think that plays into, you know, having profound personal experiences and, and getting a lot of interesting data. Uh, I was just in awe of how the two of you mold together. And an, another thing I noticed, too, is you don't use a, a preponderance of equipment, which I respect because I think having too much of that can almost pollute the whole case study. Just exactly. my thought. I don't well, know you, totally agree. You make a good point because that was the thing when I first got into this, it was, you know, K2s in every room, motion sensors in every yes. room, every room, running wire and all this stuff. And you're spending four or five hours setting all this stuff up, but mainly it's wherever you are that you get the experiences. So now, don't, don't get us wrong. We do have all that. Yeah. I have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Right. But Me too. But you know, it, it's so funny. We'll go to these locations and we'll bring all this equipment and at the end of the night, I am literally walking around with my phone because it takes <laughs> great photos, great video, great audio. Yes, and exactly. Equipment is sitting back at, you know, home base. So I it, am. We're the same way. It's almost hilarious because it happens every time. Well, and, I, I look like a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> The screwdriver and the knife blade and the toothpick, but everything else is kind of obsolete. But there comes that point, and that's why we have all these things, is because it's like we felt something here, or somebody's feeling something. You grab a, a K2 meter or a rim pod, set it there, and see if it's if it's kind of confirming that. That's that's the way I look at it. It's like it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Or to that's use right. it to actually debunk instead of validate yeah because there's also one thing that i've noticed is is a lot of electrical wiring in the old places and things can actually have an effect on you as a person absolutely yes i mean especially for those that are like sensitive to emf and and other you know electrical issues absolutely yeah and so like you know you bust out the k2 and and kind of go all right this is lighting up everywhere there might be a something to be said about, you know, feeling like feeling being watched, being touched or pushed or uh, uneasy can be contributed to that. So, you know, there's a lot of times where I've been in certain places where I'm like, where's the breaker switch on this place? This place is lit up like a Christmas tree. 
shut off the brake <laughs> and start investigating because it's like that's the variable that could create something that you don't want to have. So when you say there's no power or there is no electricity flowing through this, it kind of makes those those times where you do catch something on a meter or a rim pod or the mill meter or something where you're like, that is definitely unexplainable because the power is completely cut off. So those are things that, that help us as yeah. well. Well said. So true. I think, um, yeah, the, the sensitivity, I think, uh, I, I guess what I was going to say is too, I, I, a lot of people may discount personal experiences and not really consider that tangible data because really it isn't tangible data. But I, in my opinion, I think that that's equally as important to the entire story. Almost Absolutely. more so than just, I mean, what is a random, you know, EMF spike going to really tell me, right? Not yeah. that much. Not much. But if you have somebody that says they heard something or felt something, that's, that's something to go off of. Now, you know, the one thing that we've run into is certain people are more sensitive than others, or certain people have, have something following them. And then you're like, if you remove them from that situation, you realize all the activity drops down and then you can go, this is what's going on with, with this person. It's something attached to them. They bring it with them. So just like our equipment we bring with them, some people bring uh, attachments, paranormal, you know, spiritual attachments or, you know, some sort of spirit, uh, paranormal uh, energy. And, and that's another thing that helps the whole, you know, validation or debunking process. Because if you find out somebody's got an attachment or somebody's got something going on, you can focus on that rather than the actual location. Very, I like the way you think. I love the way you think. And I know we have to take a break in a couple of minutes. So we'll okay. touch on this a little bit before and then obviously after. But I like what you said. I'm a firm believer in our bodies, ourselves, our senses being the best piece of equipment, if you will, out there. But besides uh, using your bodies and using, um, you know, when I go out and using my bodies, what methodology do you guys prefer to use? Is there, is there one that stands out to you during your investigations? And I know it's different depending on, you know, the location, but is there one in particular that stands out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the Etsy, um, experiment that we use with the, uh, SB 11 spirit box. That is, um, and, and it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of loose to loosely to, to your interpretation, but it's really like for what, for what we've done, if you can tune yourself into that and I've actually been trying to figure that out and it's, and it's starting to make sense to me. Awesome. That, uh, that, you know, we can get into that a little bit more, but, um, yeah, yeah, let's get into that. We got to take a break, a couple of minute break. And then when we get back, we'll continue this discussion because I know that's a hot a topic on, you know, for ITC and EVP research. So we're going to take a break, folks. You're listening to the Afterlife Chronicles and beyond live on the WLTKDB network. Stay tuned. WLTK DB Let's Talk Alternative Talk Radio WLTKDB 
Maggie Reiki is a full-service Reiki therapy center offering both in-person and distance Reiki sessions. Reiki is a gentle healing energy that can assist in clearing, repairing, and maintaining energy that is vital for optimal health. Reiki can also assist with anxiety, depression, and even addiction. You can schedule a Reiki session by visiting our website www.mackeyreiki.com. That's www.m-a-c-k-e-y-r-e-i-k-i.com. Going on vacation can be an overwhelming task. Let's face it, you want the best destinations at the cheapest prices, but where do you even start? The confusion stops now, and Mickey World Travel is exactly where you need to be. Ryan Wren, a travel consultant with Mickey World Travel, will take the reins and leave you with this instead of this. No way! From Disney Cruises to Walt Disney Parks, Ryan works hard for you and gets you that perfect vacation you deserve. Getting started is as simple as calling 615-815-5529. That's 615-815-5529. Or email Ryan at ryan at mickeyworldtravel.com. Ryan Wren and Mickey World Travel. Making memories that last a lifetime. Twenty-two minutes past the hour. You're listening live uh, to the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond Radio Show on the WLTKDB Network. If you have not already joined the chat room, please do so. Like I said earlier, there's a live player in there, so you can listen to the show. How cool is that? So, before the break, we were talking about. So I have my guests, uh, Tammy Benjamin and Jason Cobb, with me tonight. We were talking about different methodologies and different approaches to paranormal research, and we were touching on the Estes method, which I think, in my opinion, is becoming a very popular experimental tool with instrumental transcommunication. So, let's go ahead and continue that discussion. You said you guys have been using that a lot when with the SB7 or I, I know I don't know if did you use the SB7 or the 11 I forget well we started you have both well we started yeah we have both but we started with the SB7 what I noticed yeah that's and, the one I have yeah I'm sure a lot of people out there including you have noticed that the speaker is not very loud yes yeah and the, even running the headphones, the volume is not very, um, very good. So the new, the, the SB11, it is, it's a different modified version. The speaker is way better, but it's also got dual headphone jacks and it runs different. It basically runs the uh, AM or FM sweeps and it can run both channels at the same time in forward or reverse but the main thing is is the volume because with the etsy you don't want to hear anybody outside of what you're listening to in your headphones and that's the key right yeah you don't want that visual stimulus or or stimuli or anything like that so exactly and that's the thing is if you throw in some noise canceling headphones focus in and the one thing that i've noticed is you kind of have to get into a little bit of a kind of a meditative state you kind of go into a trance and yeah yeah and then basically just just listen for the words and it's weird because sometimes the words come and you're like did i just hear that so 
a lot of times the way I do it is I hear it, kind of process it, and then I say it. Because sometimes if you just blurt out a word, it doesn't really make sense. But then a lot of times, too, is I'll even say, I didn't quite catch that. And I've actually got the same word come across again. And it's it kind of makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. But I say it then because it's like, okay, that was confirmed. Um, but it, it's it's really good, too, what we've noticed. Uh, one of our fellow investigators, Rose, she, she had pointed it out. And, and we actually tested that theory when you're doing that session, I believe that, and we, we believe that it, it might actually kind of give a little bit more energy to any activity. And sometimes it actually ramps up after or during the Etsy session. That's and- actually a good point. I, I've used it, the, uh, let's say, I want to say about two or three times. And I, I was impressed. I haven't used it enough myself to really say one way or another if if that's the method I prefer. But one thing I do like about it is I believe that it allows investigators to almost get in touch with their own innate intuitive side. Yeah, I believe it does. And so there's that telekinetic, psychokinetic component between the investigator and the spirit, which I think is, is so cool. Yeah. And you just have to know that the one thing is, is just like any of the other communication devices that you got to be careful just because of the fact that, you know, you're basically creating that energy. You just have to let, let whatever it is know that, you know, you're, you're not, you're not using me. You're using the energy I'm putting out as opposed to, <laughs> cause that's the one thing that, that is, they do try to, they do try to, to kind of like attach yeah, and that's what happened to him over at Brushy Mountain. He was in one of the gel cells, and he was doing that. He had the headphones on, and he was deep into a trance. And then um, we noticed that he was just kind of like swaying back and forth, and you could tell something was not right. So we had to go in there, and it took at least three minutes or so for him to basically come out of this trance but he was having an attachment happen at that moment. Oh that my goodness. Tell him, you know, get back. So it can happen. It, it, I think it depends on how deep you go. That's true. Have you, uh, I, I guess um, I'm so tired tonight. It's like, I can't phrase my <laughs> questions for some, I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. Hello. Like two wires aren't connecting. I don't know. Great. But in locations where you've adopted this, uh, Estes method are are there certain parts in certain locations where it works better for you or is it is it just random just wherever it, you set up it, it 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 works it's it's random um okay. you know sometimes you'll set up and you're like I'm not getting anything and then there's certain times where you're like sometimes I'm even like okay something's going on I've actually gotten this weird thing where it it goes into this high pitch screaming and it and basically makes me want to take my headphones out of the ear, out of my ears. So <laughs> I could I'm, imagine. Oh yeah. And you know, I turn it off, I regroup, I kind of recenter myself and then, you know, go back and it doesn't happen again, which to me, that's an anomaly in itself. Like, why did that happen? And, you know, I, I'm like I said, being the skeptic, I'm like, are my batteries low? Is it something that I cause like some sort of interference? So I might go back to the same area to think that because it's radio waves, it might, might've been some sort of interference. And once I confirm that it, no, it wasn't that where I was at that point, 
or it wasn't, you know, the batteries were low, then I can go, okay, that might've been a paranormal thing. And then we get something where at the same time that that happened, there was a noise somewhere that we picked up on a digital recorder, which, you know, right there, I, I, I really truly believe that it's generating a, you know, it's actually ramping up the activity, but you got to be sure and be careful that if you're ramping up the activity, you're not ramping it up through yourself. Yeah, that's true. And I'm wondering too, if, if, cause you have the frequency of the device, you have the frequency of the, of the scanner, but I'm wondering too, if it, if it almost creates like uh, its own infrasound effect, if you will, or if it's, if there's an extra sound frequency that's created by the energy that's generated between you and the spirit. I mean, that's kind of way out there thinking, but I mean, this is kind of how my brain acts. So, no, you're, you're right about yeah. that because I think if you, if you're doing it right, you kind of go into a little bit of a trance because you kind of have to tune out all the noise, all the thoughts, clear your mind. And then those, those words start forming. And, and that's the one thing is like, you got to just be careful of how deep you go into that trance. I think that's what happened when Tammy and, and our friend Renee had to kind of pull me out is because I got a little too deep yeah. into that. Right. But it was amazing what we happened. I mean, it was actually guiding me through the cell block. I had my eyes closed and it told me to stop, turn left, stop. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was directing me in a way, which was weird because I'd never done it where I was moving around. Right. But, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. And I did. And it actually would, would tell me, it would direct me almost like as if you're, you know, the dowsing rods where you can, you can be guided into, you know, it'll help you find things or it'll say, go here or point to a different direction it almost did that with me through the device which yeah. was really interesting and it worked i've often really went oh, oh i'm sorry go ahead tammy it's okay i was gonna say it worked really well this weekend um yeah that's right you guys uh, went to is it nevada, nevada state prison uh that mm-hmm. place highly recommend. i have not been yet i mean you, i've been to all these places but i haven't been there what's wrong with me oh my gosh so can you, you i mean is it off there i mean can you talk about it like what sorts of experiences did you have there well we're talking about using this this method and we did that in i think it was cell block c, yeah, c. on the third floor. and um jason was in in the cell and he's headphones on and everything and um it just ramped up that energy that we're talking about that later on through the night as he's walking down, remember what happened? You're coming back towards us and you had that disembodied voice. Yeah. I actually had a disembodied that was like above and to the right of me on like where the guards would walk through and it, and it said, do you like me? And it was so loud. He was at the other end of the cell block and Connie and I could hear it. Oh, that's that, phenomenal, uh, especially when I, you have, like, several words being said. That's, well, I thought it was them. I go, did you guys just say that? And they're like, no, we, thought, <laughs> we heard it, but it wasn't us. So, you know, that it wasn't really the Etsy itself got anything because I was saying it was having it. That wasn't really picking up anything. But just doing it and trying to focus and get into really that trance, it up. kind of yeah. gave gave the spirits a little bit of energy to work with. And that's that's what, you know, that's what a lot of times they need. And because that that whole prison has no power, they have nothing to draw off of. 
That's true. I mean, maybe there's uh, some geology to it. I don't know what's under there, if there's limestone or quartz, but that would be about it or any nearby, you know, electrical lines. But yeah, if you're having no power in that building and you get results like that, that's pretty incredible. Have you ever had an experience with the Estes method where you're, I guess, the receiver, if you will, you say a word that, I guess, was emanated through the box, but of course you didn't obviously hear it, right? Have you, has that ever happened where you've actually heard a word that's being said that matches? No, um, because what I usually do when I have the headphones in is I, I basically turn down the channel two. And, and okay, it's so you're not whatever. hearing. Yeah, nobody else is hearing what I'm hearing. And, um, but what I did notice is there's some words where I'm like, I just say it because it's a word that came through. And it makes no sense. And I'm okay. like, why did I say that? And then I, when, I'm, when we're done, they're like, oh my gosh. You said, like, uh, we were doing a, a Houdini seance, and I brought in the SE and told him what was going, you know, I said, we're going to try this. I got some words that, you know, that basically there were words that Houdini had stated if he ever died and came back through on the other side, because he was a true believer in that, he would say these certain words. I said those words. I had no idea. I didn't know anything about Houdini. The person you didn't who, say uh, Rosabelle believed, did you? Because that's actually the the Q word that he had with his. Yes, that's what I said. Oh my gosh! And I what? also they asked a yeah, question. They asked a question and said, "How did you die?" And I said, "Stomach." Yep, and and I, he had and, it. He had appendicitis. And, and and they go, "Hey, how do you think Houdini drowned?" I go, "I think or died." I go. I think he drowned right in one of his uh, escape attempts. And they're like, no, he was, he was actually punched in the stomach and uh, he bled out internally from the, the punch that was so hard. And I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, oh my was, gosh, even the person that was putting on the seance is like, I got to figure out this Etsy thing because this is cr- incredible. We haven't gotten this and we've been doing this for like years. Yeah. So, yeah I think it's that psycho kinetic telekinetic component we have a question from chat so the question is so what puts you into the trance and are you going into that yourself what i do i close my eyes clear my mind and there is something that helps the the sb11 has the flashing lights of the the sweep rate that's right yeah that come through my eyelids and it's kind of like a strobing light i don't recommend it to anybody who would have seizures or anything of course of course but uh, I kind of use that as like a metronome to where I kind of focus in on just the light pulsating. And then once that happens, then I know I'm kind of in that zone. Once I, I actually almost stop seeing it and then I'm in that zone. So, but th- to get me out of it, you have to touch me, but it, it startles the hell out of me because I'm in that deep. It's almost like waking you up from a sleep a little bit. It's almost like you're like in a slight hypnosis or like exactly. you, you go into like a, a meditative state. Yes. And that's how I do it. I, I, I figured out that if you turn it just to your face and you're in pitch black, we usually take out, do not turn off all the lights, that light coming from that, that meter. If I aim it just right at my, cause they're LEDs, I see that flashing and that kind of puts me into that, that state. Some people may argue that, you know, this method, if, if you're, 
not grounded or if you're not physically well, you can become a little bit more vulnerable to attachments or to uh, the phenomena. So what advice would you have to someone who hasn't used this method, um, like safety precaution advice for someone that hasn't used this method? Make sure you do it with a couple of people. Um, yeah. Don't ever yeah. do it alone. Yeah. And we always record every session. That way we could review it afterwards. But for Jason, I mean, he's usually at the other end and he's the one that will go into that zone. So maybe he could answer that. I, w- I would say, yeah, the, the tiredness, definitely uh, being tired, being not in the right state of mind, probably not a good idea. But yeah. when we were in the, the, some of the locations we were doing, we were running on fumes as it was. And I yeah. think that's why it took them so, so long to get me out of the trance. But I would say definitely crystals help. I have a bag of crystals that I keep with me on my person. Fabulous. Uh, which, you know, all grounding, cleansing, you know, purifying, all of that stuff. But also, I would suggest to anybody if they're doing this, never, ever allow anything to draw energy off of you. Just say, use the energy I'm putting out or bring out an EMF pump or something that they can draw off of. But the main thing is, is, is have yourself closed off. And that's the one thing I've had. I've had psychic readers mm-hmm. tell me I can't read anything off you. And that's because I've been doing this for so long that that was the one thing I took away with whenever we went into investigations, make sure you're protected. And, and there's things that you can do just, you know, when you're getting into your car, going to the investigation, this is my car. This is my meter. This is my recorder. This is my body. I, you know, and, and I, you don't have to say it out loud. You just say it to yourself. And it does tend to create this protective barrier around you. Absalient advice. I know one uh, method we use too before an investigation is, you know, everyone has their own individual ways of grounding and protecting, but we also have a collective group statement where we read it and it's basically a statement of intent. And I think that that helps to, to set the tone as well. It's, it's worked really well. Um, for us on on investigations the crystals aspect absolutely i think i mean any metaphysical uh method or practice i think should be blended into the whole science aspect of paranormal research at least this is my opinion i like to get others opinion on that well because some people i guess gravitate more to the to the science black and white uh, end of it, which is fine. That works for them. Some are may gravitate more to the metaphysical side. Do you have a preference, or do you tend to blend it? Sounds like you blend the two. We do blend it. Yeah, um, my 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 message to anybody out there is: it's basically if you truly believe whatever it is that's protecting you. Yeah, that's because you could you know you could say you know, it's like saying the Pledge of Allegiance. If you don't, if you don't truly believe it, it doesn't really mean anything to you. Exactly. Yeah. You can have a a pencil that was given to you by your great, great grandmother. If that's something you believe in, bring that with you. That'll protect you. It's just the belief. So the key is, is to actually believe it. If you don't believe it, I would say like, kind of like buyer beware type thing. If you go into these don't believe it, you might actually come back a believer, but have an attachment. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I bring in silly stuff, like almost like pictures. Sometimes I'll bring in and have them on my person. 
And I literally believe that, and people may think like, okay, she needs to be committed after I say this and that's fine, whatever. <laughs> but, but I, I, those pictures, I'm like, okay, this is, this is my protection and it works. It does. Well, can Absolutely. I give you a perfect example? Sure. Okay. I got a good example. I'm going to try and make it as quick as possible. Uh, <laughs> one of the, one of the investigators I talked to this, this came from a story from Doug and it really re- resonated with me about the belief. So uh, one of the, they were filming and they had some extra people that wanted to come and check it out and be like, what's this all about? Which, uh, you know, I totally welcome that to anybody who's curious, but so he, the, the person who was there kept running out of the building and being scared and going, I can't go back in. I can't go back in. Oh, one, of the, one of the investigators said, all right, here, I'm going to give you this. And he gave him this little, little thing. And he said, this is what it is. It's been blessed by the Vatican. And, uh, you know, it's been pre- blessed by many priests and all this stuff. And this thing will protect you from anything. That person went through the whole night running around the place running, busting through doors, checking things out, and before wouldn't even walk down a hallway. Turns out it was an air freshener on the guy's vehicle <laughs> that was in the shape of the Virgin Mary. So, oh, my God. But he convinced that guy that, that he, that he convinced him enough that he believed that that's what it was, and you know what? It worked. It's that power of belief is so, like I said, powerful. I mean, I've brought in pictures of my cats. I've brought in pictures of family members. I mean, I happen to go as far as to say that I had a picture of Shrek once. I mean, and it worked, you know? I mean, it just... Nothing is out of that moment. It's no. Belief, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I remember, too, at the Hornet, too, and I wasn't familiar. And I, I tend to shy away from some of the, the apps, but you guys were using the Spiritus. And I was actually quite impressed because we were getting very historically relevant responses through that. Yeah, it, it so, actually was pretty good. But the, the that's set- another one. Yeah, there's certain settings that I played around with, and the one thing I like is the forward and reverse. But I don't like all the other stuff where it, you know, puts in like crazy. Like you, if you're ever messing with the spiritus, when you turn on all the buttons, it starts to spark and sputter. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. Just use yeah. two little things: forward, reverse, and and from that point, you know, if you hear something in reverse but it says a word, you kind of figure out, try and figure out if that is a, that is not a word in forward. And then you're like, well, that's really great. Or you do pick up, I mean, we've picked them up in different areas with the Spiritus app and, and um, it, it really works great. I think. And yeah, I'm, I was I'm impressed. Surprised. Well, the fact that I was in airplane mode and it can work without, you know, being connected to anything. That's the thing I'm looking for. Cause I don't want it to like see the location and all exactly. of a sudden you're, you know, you're at the, you're at a lighthouse and it says ocean. It's like, well, yeah, that, right, right, right. So that could probably be the GPS on it working. Yes, so. absolutely. Yeah. But I was like uh, quite impressed because we pretty much were using that throughout the entire ship that night. And there were some like spot on words. And so it goes to show that some of these apps can work. I mean, I, I, for ITC, I, I purchased it and I've used it a few times and I'm not as good with results that we had on the Hornet, but still. Well, and that all just also depends on the location. Some places it does. are attractive than others and some places. And, you know, a lot of people, I, I know that people get disappointed sometimes when they go somewhere and get no evidence, but that's actually that's a good happen. thing. Yeah. 
to it's me, it's going that's to happen. Yep. Yeah. Because you're not going to go everywhere. It's not like you're going to Disneyland and you pay a fee and you expect, you know, a certain experience. This is like, you may not be on the night that everybody, you know, maybe they decided to take the night off or that's true. And it depends on the people there and, and their frame of mind and their energy as well. So, yeah. What are your, um, in terms of, so we've talked about some methodology. Do you have any tips or suggestions for people in terms of like data analysis and review? Like what's your process with that? Go ahead. It takes forever. She's like, like, I don't know. I know it does take forever. Well, it does take forever. And a lot of stuff you notice that you get back home and you're like, okay. Yes. I've got hours to go through. What I do is some of the EVP, the digital recordings. um, I've, I've found certain programs that show the the audio file in like a, a visual display like you see like uh yeah like spectral computer. spectral display yeah yeah so those help because you can kind of go into the spikes the only thing i've noticed is that that evps will either come before usually most likely after or during uh uh conversations so that's where i look in the really low areas i can kind of fast forward through those so it kind of helps. But if you were listening, you know, to something continuously, yeah, it's it's not fun sometimes when you're going. So it's like it's good to if you hear something while you're recording, say, hey, I just heard something or yeah, or I felt something. Those are the things that you can go, you know, all right, at this this time or, you know, some of the we've got a voice record pro we can actually like mark certain things so if we hear something we'll stop recording and then restart recording but that way we we know when we stop there's something to look at so we go right to that last little bit but that's only if we if we hear it ourselves that's That's good advice really good advice what we like doing right now is a short little burst about three minutes yes session stop review and I think if you're, you're picking up on voices and such and you're getting that communication going, continue. If not, spend maybe about 20 minutes or so there and move to a different location. But the shorter burst kind of makes it easier to review. It and does. Absolutely. And then it, when you listen, it may gauge your questioning for future sessions, too. Exactly. And as, as for like video, it's just a matter of just watching it all the way through. So I know. Yes. It's um, tedious. Yeah, exactly. But if you catch some sort of EVP with, you know, you catch an EVP, then you're like, okay, I want to find that part in the video. Where were we? We were in this wing of the hospital or we were in this, this cell at the prison, you know, then we can kind of go to that video and try and see if we captured anything visually. But one thing that I've been starting to do too is my, my digital recorder has its own little uh, earphone output. And on this recorder, while you're recording, you're getting real-time EVP. So I put the headphones in and it's like you have super hearing. Yes. But also hear things and you go, what was that? You can just stop right there, rewind it, play it back. And if you hear something, then you can share it with everybody. But if you rewind it, don't hear anything. Then you go back 
you know, to recording again. But I, I really like that. And then a lot of people that we've ran into are like, you know, what what recorder do you have? Because my recorder doesn't do that, you know, and 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 they like it because it actually gives you that much more of an edge when it comes to your hearing side of it, just using your body as a tool. Absolutely. I've used both ways where I've done the classic old school way and then where I've also plugged into headphones and I like them both. I remember at the Hornet, we were in the engine room and we heard that disembodied what I at first thought it was a voice, but you were, I think you guys were the one that determined it was Stella the dog, the ghost dog. Yeah, that was phenomenal. And that was actually captured on our recording devices. So absolutely. Yeah, those those are things where, and that's what's cool about going with other people that are like minded. Yes, absolutely. Is that you'll you'll be able to say, oh, you were recording that great because I wasn't, and then they play it back, and you're like, oh, good, we captured that. So it's strength in numbers when it comes to investigating. Although sometimes a lot, you know, there are also, you know, some big groups where you're like, ah, all the evidence was contaminated. Yeah. So that's yeah yeah a lot of the conferences and stuff you know the the events where there's just lots of people you know i i used to enjoy those when i first started but i just try to stay away from unless i'm leading a tour but you know it's yeah i think strength in numbers is important but yeah you want to make sure to not have too many people involved because of that yeah well some of the conferences are are great because they're big locations and you can kind of yes Yes. Being at some of those, I I noticed yeah. like groups would break off into little pods, and that that actually works well. It's when you know you've got a That's small true. and everybody's upstairs and downstairs. You're like, okay, I hear walking upstairs. That's probably them. Yeah. You know, but with like a location we've been to Preston Castle and I own that place is oh, so. Oh, you've isn't got that the, phenomenal? Oh my goodness. Yeah. If you've got 30 people in there, you still feel like you're by yourself. If you're if you're kind of you know, if there's diff- there's different floors and you've got six people per floor, you will go the whole night without hearing other people. So, and I've know, been there. I've actually done that um, at awesome. an event. And you're right. Yeah, I mean, there were I think about forty people in there, and yeah, you just felt like you were by yourself essentially. And there's other buildings too on the site. That's just such a beautiful historical location. And, and, you know, the prison in Nevada State Prison, that is a gem. I mean, I've never I've been to a lot of locations and the Nevada State Prison, it's a massive place. So and they're trying to get, you know, the, the paranormal investigation up and and, you know, people wanting to sign up and do this. And I guarantee you that place is so massive. They could have you could probably have 60 people there and have different zones being investigated and you'll probably have. 10 people per zone. That's how big this place is. Yeah. I mean, I looked at some of the pictures that you guys shared and it looks massive. I think it'd be a really good site for a paranormal conference. You can have lots of speakers and vendors and I mean, it looks like it would be. Oh, it's, it's great. Self-contained and everything like that, but it's just, yeah, that the stuff like that, it's like, that's why we, we kind of always are, are looking for new, new places as well, because there's gyms. We, we went to this place in Markleyville and yeah, it's the so cutthroat cute. brewery and that place, you know, it, you can hear everybody in the building. So if you want to do it, it's, it's kind of a small, you know, maybe if you're pushing it around eight people, but if you go and you're dead serious about doing this, 
when you do your EVP sessions, everybody's on board with being quiet. There are things that you capture that are pretty in, in, insane. And what's cool about that location, the hotel's right next door. Yeah, so you just great. walk out the front door, go to your room, <laughs> go to sleep. That's nice. That is so nice. Yeah. Especially after being exhausted after investigating for so many hours. Yeah. So we have about eight, seven or eight minutes left in the show. Gosh, I don't know what it is with radio. It just flies by. Yeah. One question I have for you guys, because I really do admire the way you investigate and the way you approach the research end of it. What are your thoughts um, in terms of where the field is heading? Do you have any thoughts on that? Any comments, any opinions? Um, I'm saying the, I, I would think that the field is actually heading in the right direction. Um, right on. Because of the fact that there's so many people out there curious about this they're all getting, you know, they're all documenting and things like that. And I think the main thing is, is don't ever be afraid to share your information and what you find, you know, don't be like this, this is our find and we don't need anybody else to see it. It's like, no, share it, get it out there because then you might inspire somebody else to come in and, and either try and disprove you or confirm what you captured. And that's what will help our field. And I think that that's where, where it's going i can't agree more on that i don't personally i don't understand the whole you know unless it's like a a confidential piece of information that maybe a family member obviously private residences are a little different in some regards but i'm all about sharing because there may be people five or ten people or more that have had that exact same experience Yes. Or similar, and it can corroborate stuff. So, yeah, that's a right. very important point. Well, and, and you can always do, like, there was a, you know, you could say, I can't tell you where it is, but it's undisclosed. an undisclosed location. Yes, yes. found, you know, and then if, if the person's, if the people, if the other team is like, we'd really like to, well, we'll give them your con- our contact, you know, your contact info. If they want you to come in, great. But if not, then they make that decision. So it, it's, it's more of just, you're still sharing the information, but you're not giving too specific information, especially for what you just mentioned. Exactly. What are, do you have any future events coming up? Or I know you guys just got back from a long weekend of, of investigating, but any other cool places that you have planned? Uh, on the 20th of November, Virginia City. Oh, my God. Yay. Oh, my gosh. You're going to have such a good time. Yeah. So it's going to be a, a nice long weekend with a couple of friends going to a couple of familiar places. But normally, these are locations that we would host the Paracons at. And we're actually going to be able to investigate all night. Fantastic. Do you have a favorite spot in Virginia City? Hmm. Pretty much the whole, the whole, yeah, yeah, I've heard, yeah, that's pretty much number one for many people. um, uh, Silver Silver Queen, Silver Queen, Bonanza, the Miner's Cabin at Gold Hill, St. Mary's, um, Bonanza, yeah, the, um, what else, what's the, the Delta Saloon, there's, there's so many places, there's there's the, the Mark Twain Museum, we got an opportunity to go into the basement of that place and it's, it's pretty cool. Um, sometimes that's one thing that I, that I like about the investigating too, is me personally, I like seeing some of the stuff where you're just like, 
this thing is, you know, this shows a date of, you know, exactly. 1897. And you're like, man, what it would have been like to have that thing shiny and new sitting up on a wall. It might have been a sign or something. So it's also the history. It's oh, just, huge. Absolutely. Yes. Massive history. In the ba- basement of the Bonanza, if you ever get a chance to go in there, there is there they used old wine barrels to fill in the streets above so the the streets that the cars drive on down the main street of Virginia City you can see these wine barrels that are like filler instead of dirt and it's just no way crazy. that's creative my goodness. oh yeah yeah they there's tons of them and you're like what the heck and they're like yeah that's what they use for filler so not to mention the activity that's yeah down there too. well because you're down where yeah. the comstock mines and stuff are and those things are all over the place in there. and then so, ge- geologically too i bet there's just a ton of limestone oh. and and other interesting deposits that you know kind of act like a uh, like what the environment near the stanley hotel is yeah it's a conduit Exactly. Yeah, that's a good word. So we have a couple minutes left. How can people reach you? Like, you know, this is time to plug your guy, plug yourself, give your socials if you want, <laughs> websites, you know, anything you'd like to share. You have, I don't know. Okay, so uh, we've got um, Wandering Spirits Paranormal at gmail.com. That's our email address. We're on Facebook. Wandering Spirits Paranormal Investigators. Well, actually, the one on Facebook, for some reason, I cannot switch Says it Tammy over. Tammy Benjamin. It's Tammy Benjamin Paranormal Investigator, Investigator, but it's actually supposed to be Wandering Spirits, but I don't know what Facebook is doing. But I don't know either. For <laughs> Instagram, you'll okay. be able to find all the stuff that's yeah. on there anyway. So the Instagram, it's uh, Wandering Spirits Paranormal, and then YouTube. We have some videos. I'm trying to put up some more, but it's just, it's it's really hard. So I'd, I'd mentioned in the last radio show that it's like, if you guys just want to see the raw footage, we can put it up, but that's a lot easier than trying to edit it and make it look beautiful. So, um, wandering spirits, paranormal investigators on YouTube as well. So awesome. I can't thank you guys enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me tonight. I definitely want you guys back on. Cause I think there's a lot more that we can discuss. So yeah. we'll go ahead and schedule that. I mean, what a great, discussion tonight i mean i've even learned some things i know listeners have learned some interesting things as well so thank you so much you're very you're welcome. So welcome and, and you know Halloween. the one yes. thing that would be nice is that the chat rooms load up maybe we can do like more of the chat room where people can ask questions because i know that's a that's a big important thing and they, it would be really cool to be able to answer people's questions absolutely so. absolutely All right, guys, thank you so much. Have a wonderful Halloween. Next week, we have Titanic historian William Brower on. Fabulous researcher, so I'm looking forward to that. Again, I hope everyone has a happy and safe Halloween. And remember, here at the Afterlife Chronicles, we are bridging the gap between mortality and the afterlife, one experience at a time. See you next week, folks. Good night. Good night.